0: From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up uh, with Jeremy Schilling for December 30th, the year of 2020. 2020 may have brought us a lot of uh, not normal things, but one tradition will stay intact, and that is having our great friend Steve Hennessy from Golf Digest join us to close out 2020. He's the deputy managing editor of Golf Digest and the uh, chief of their betting coverage, which is something we will get to later in this conversation. Steve, welcome back to Teeing It Up. It's
1: always, always great to be on with you, Jeremy. Thanks for continuing this tradition, I guess unlike any other, but yes. totally like like a lot of other podcasts, and my analysis on golf is, uh, isn't so unique, I suppose, but... Must be okay. Cause we've been
0: doing this man, at least four or five years now. Really. It's at least five years. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, he's he's also the co-host of the Be Right podcast, which we will get to uh, later in the show. Um, twenty twenty was an odd, quirky year. Uh, it was a horrible year. It was a year that I think a lot of us won't uh will want to put aside really quickly however within that some of the golf that was played on a professional level in 2020 was remarkable so as you think about this year is there a moment that sticks out for you as your favorite 2020 moment in golf
1: well there's a lot of them and first of all the fact that the tour was able to resume the season and never have a tournament Canceled after it resumed. Obviously, the players was canceled, but that was, you know, right at the, the height of COVID. But once they came back at Colonial, remarkably, they had, you know, it was like 26 tournaments consecutively without, you know, any cancellations, anything like that. Obviously, you know, players tested positive, but that was to be expected. And, you know, it looks like it was going to be tough at points at the Travelers. I think that was the third tournament back. Yeah. You, know, you you had a bunch of players test positive and Jay Monahan flew to Connecticut and the buzz on social media, as you remember, was, oh, God, they're going to cancel the tour season. But that never happened. So the fact that, you know, we made it all the way through without cancellations was remarkable. But I think when I look back, you know, among the many memorable moments, most surprising thing to me, I think, was how Bryson and DeChambeau was really you know, tore apart the U.S. Open and victorious at Wingfoot. You know, the the storyline going into that week was, you know, Bryson is bulking up. You know, he's you know, this pursuit of distance, the, the crazy ball speed numbers that we're seeing on Instagram. You know, there's no way that that could possibly translate to success at Wingfoot, and and it did. And he, you know, one by one going away. Um, that was the most impressive thing to me I thought obviously Dustin winning the Masters was you know such a crowning moment in his career and uh, one of my favorite moments of this year for sure but Bryson the way he won at Wingfoot at a course that requires such precision such finesse to do that as this big bulk of you know the incredible bulk of golf Uh, and he did it not by hitting the, the big shots and you know the monster irons it was his short game really around green at wing foot that that won it for him uh and so for that reason i I think Bryson to me um was was such a pivotal moment in his career and yeah i'll always be impressed the way he performed at wing foot
0: and and i remember going back to the rocket mortgage in, in Detroit. And, nice. and, and now it's the first win and he's in that final group battle with Matt Wolf and he breaks shot link. Yeah. Because shot links proximity to the whole sta- uh, um, uh, the algorithm for that stat was not built for people driving at 40 yards to the green and to literally break shot link. I, sp- I think speaks volumes. And then to, Transfer that to a big stage is just absolutely remarkable as to what he was able to do, um, you know, at a U.S. Open venue. And to your point, and people forget about this, but to your point, he was third in strokes gained around the green that week, and he was 18th in, in uh, strokes gained putting. Yes, he dominated off the tee. But it was from one twenty five and in where where he won that golf tournament and it's also where he did not win the Masters. So I, I think sometimes people think that Bryson's gonna take over the game and dominate and do all this stuff. He only won twice after the restart. <laughs> there were a whole lot of other events where other players won. He's not gonna win every week. That's just not how golf is.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, we, we know how tough golf is week in, and week out, but we we saw it. At those two tournaments, you know when he's on, he has a gear that that not a lot of players have, um, besides Dustin Johnson maybe because the yeah. end of 2020 was certainly his.
0: Oh, totally. And I was talking about this with somebody this morning. People forget that Dustin Johnson won that Travelers Championship you mentioned yep. earlier, and he shot 61. 60- not forget
1: that because I had money on him that week. That was uh, one of the, the nice victories of the year but yeah he had such a good 2020 um you know even before the tour championship he had won you know a handful of tournaments so
0: ran away with the northern trust yeah yeah exactly and 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 you know to that end dj when he's got that fade going it's just like it's clockwork it's just whoop there's the fade right down the middle and I think one thing that is really interesting to me, and I know that that you having played a lot of these courses as, as part of the Golf Digest 100 um, uh, uh, panel overseeing that whole thing for ranking golf courses, is that the amount of time him and Austin are now spending on the greens and studying it a little further, and yes, it's it's anti his general golf, um, ethos and, and and motto, which is to play fast and let's go and let's just go with it, but taking that little extra time has made all the difference in in the world with his putting, and that's what really propelled him to all those victories in the back half of twenty twenty. wasn't just how well he was hitting it; it was how well it's how many putts he was making.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to your point of you know he and his brother reading the greens, I feel like that was the last piece of the puzzle for him. You know. It's been documented how much he spent on his wedge game, you know, over the last couple of years. But it, it, it always seemed like the, the clutch putt down the stretch, you know, he would often miss a couple of those and they would cost him a tournament. And, you know, you, you go back to Chambers Bay in 2015, three-putting from 13 feet, that's, uh, you know, the, a big example. But um, I think he and his brother, you know, taking their time – that, that's kind of their personality. You know, they're, they're just laid-back, you know, South Carolina boys who, you know, they figured out their method. They went to the aim point method, um, you know, starting at this year, I guess. And uh, he and Austin, you know, he has all the trust in Austin to read the greens, and they have their system, and it obviously worked, worked wonders in 2020, and I absolutely think, you know, he's going to be able to repeat that success in 2021.
0: One last thing about Bryson. Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think the amount of not only the 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 discipline in terms of golf, but the discipline in terms of the fitness and the eating and and you know he still has his short fuse sometimes. Uh, we saw that in in uh, uh, Detroit when he got in the squabble with the cameraman. Um, health you know is this something that can be sustained over five ten years or are we looking at a short two three four season spurt where bryson's got to win as much as he can right now as long as his body can sustain it
1: yeah it's a it's a great question and a a huge question mark is how his body will hold up with you know the added weight um you know he's doing things the right way you kind of dig deeper into who he's working with uh you know, physical training-wise, he's you know working with you know dietitians and uh, you know really looking at food science and you know he he thinks what he's doing is sustainable. We'll, we'll find out. Um, you know, I think what probably the common golf fan might forget is how good of a player Bryson was before all of this. You know, this is the U.S. Amateur champ, this is the N.C.A. champion. Uh, you know, one of first ever to do that, and, you know, found success early on tour, uh, but then kind of went quiet, and and so, you know, we know how talented he is, I think the added distance, you know, is, is one thing, but I think he's going to continue to refine it, I, I, I think he has a motor and a golf IQ that are, you know, that no one else, that few people have. On tour, Um, he has a desire to go deeper and really do something meaningful in the game. You always hear him say that. I think that's genuine. So I I think he's doing the right things physically. Whether you know, of course, something could pop up and hurt his his health going forward. You know, that's anyone's guess. But um, I would expect him to continue to do big things. You're you're right when you point out that he's only he only won twice in 2020, it seems like he had done more just because the buzz around him at Wink, but um, there were some disappointments, too. Like, everyone expected him to win at Shriners. He had won there before. He didn't really, you know, do much. He made the cut, but just barely. At the Masters, he made the cut, just barely. So, I think he will win a couple times. Will he win a major in 2021? I'm not so sure. I I wouldn't necessarily bet on that. It's tough to kind of pinpoint where his game can show up week to week because it just gets hot and cold I, I think what we did see is when he dials in his iron and his wedge play which was a question mark before he won in Detroit and then thereafter until Wakefield, um, that's when he does his best and I think that's kind of a work in progress so it's a long-winded way of saying I'm not so sure but I think there are still big things in his career
0: we're talking to Steve Hennessy from Golf Digest here on December 30th. Uh, today is Tiger Woods' 45th birthday. And yep. while we've been having this chat seven minutes ago, uh, your daily email popped into my inbox, including the 31 best pictures of Tiger Woods um, in honor of his 45th birthday. So nice timing, Golf Digest newsletter, folks,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, to uh, slip that one in. Um, All right. Came okay. okay, with fun. Yes. Um, Okay. My favorite moment, by the way, from 2020 was the workday playoff between Justin Thomas and uh, uh, Colin Morikawa. Colin drives 14 in regulation to, first of all, get into this playoff, and then JT making it from 50 and a half feet, and then Colin making it right on top of him from 25 feet to keep the playoff going. That, to me, was... Golf is back. This is high pressure. This is high octane. JT could barely look when Colin was hitting his butt. If you remember the side by side, that was for me the moment of holy shit, this is actually high quality golf in 2020, even in a pandemic. Right. And, uh, you know, look, Colin obviously went on to, you know, beat everybody at the PGA when seemingly everybody in the field had a shot on the back nine on Sunday. So uh, uh, just an extraordinary. Uh, 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 piece of golf. You know, you talked on this, uh, 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 talked about this a little earlier um, about, you know, golf in 2020 and the fact that it was able to, to to survive and the PGA Tour schedule was able to survive and, you know, everybody, everyone made it to the end, which I think is a sigh of relief from everybody involved uh, to make it to the end of that season intact and now we're going to 2021 with, with protocols that are much more uh, thorough and, and and you know uh, tried and true then at the start but non-COVID what stood out to you, so, uh, what surprised you about golf in 2020?
1: Well surprising wise um, I was going to say Bryson actually, the way that he dismantled Wingfoot which we talked about right. um, that, that was certainly surprising. I, I think also surprising to me was the emotion we saw at a Dustin Johnson, which kind of doubles as my favorite moment of 2020, mm. um, in the interview afterwards with Mana Baleonis on CBS. I don't think anyone expected to see DJ crying like that, and uh, you know, I'm you know, kind of getting a little emotional talking about it again because DJ, he's probably most, at the top of most people's favorite golfers list, but it's not for you know, the layers of DJ. It's not for, you know, getting to know him as a person because, you know, in, I think intentionally he's kept, you know, the person that he is and the golfer he is kind of separate. Um, you know, he's had some off the course issues in the past. You know, he has the extended absence, um, got some other stuff, but he always stays reserved. And so to see him, you know, Crying like that and not even be able to vocalize how much a Masters win meant to his career and you know to him and his team. You know that was both surprising and my favorite moment because you know that just shows you you know he puts on such a front week in and week out that he doesn't really it looks like he doesn't care uh, whether he wins or shoots an 80. But you know you we saw that deep down. And it meant a, a ton to him, uh, you know, to be the South Carolina boy, you know, growing up an hour from Augusta. His first Masters that he attended was '97, when Tiger won in one of the most historic Masters ever, and then to have Tiger put the green jacket on him, uh, you know, even even DJ uh, wasn't immune to getting emotional about that. So um, that that was. Like I said, both my favorite and most surprising
0: moment. And I think, you know, part of the beauty of that moment was it was not like Amanda, you know, she did such a good job in that interview. It was it was a basic question, what would the younger DJ say, you know, or 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 what would today's DJ say to the younger DJ? And mm-hmm. it just opened him up in a way that I think none of us have ever seen before. And right. You know, it, it gave us a new angle of it, but it just shows that sometimes the simplest questions can lead to the most interesting of answers. Um, for me, it was that Tiger Woods played the best in a charity match at his home course in pouring rain, humidity, and heat. I think that speaks volumes about Tiger going forward.
1: Yeah, interesting. You're, you're referring to the match, too, and yeah. uh, and medalist and, you know, Ian and Peyton Manning, Deaton, Phil, and Tom Brady. That was, that was awesome because, you know, we didn't have much golf in our life at that point in May. No. And, yeah, I, you're right. It's going to be interesting to see um, how Tiger plays in 2021, what his schedule looks like. You know, he was actually cautious going into um, 2020. You know, he wanted to make sure the tour was able to successfully, you know, have these tournaments you know with all the COVID protocols and I just think he failed to get into a rhythm a little bit um, it's, it's been kind of a debate amongst us in the office uh, well, not physically in the office but going back and forth on yeah. Tiger will do in 2021 and we're kind of split but I'm on the on the side of you know we we can't you can't rule him out because we saw what he did at the Masters in 2019 um you know, I think he could, he could get it going again. Um, you know, we saw it in, bits and pieces in 2020, like I said, he just couldn't get in the rhythm. I don't think, uh, and the putting is probably the most surprising thing to everybody because, uh, you know, we're used to seeing him, you know, be one of the best putters of all time. And we kind of routinely, routinely saw him miss short putts that, you know, you're just not used to seeing him make. So, um, you know, I think he, he gets it going, and, and I don't know if he contends in a major, but I, I think he does threaten uh, to break Sam Snead's record and get win number 83 uh, at some point in 2021.
0: I am with you on that. I think while I'm not ready to say that Charlie's going to revitalize Tiger's career, that the father-son's going to have any long-standing impacts on Tiger's game, What I do think was interesting, Steve, was that on Saturday, Tiger played awful. I mean, Charlie carried him and carried that team. And that's how they shot the 62. And on Sunday, um, Tiger admitted it. On Saturday, he didn't care about his own game. He hadn't put much work in. He had been focusing on Charlie and getting Charlie ready. And on Sunday, he... And Joey, I think because the wind was slightly up, I think him and Joey just looked like they were going through their routine more. And lo and behold, Tiger hit way better uh, wedges and made a couple putts too. So I, I do think that this may just be a nice jumping off point for Tiger. The question that I have is can he play enough and consistently enough and get enough rounds in to get any kind of a rhythm because to your point he just was never in a rhythm in 2020 and then when he started to play a bunch it was towards the playoffs where he would show something in spurts and then it would go away and and he would just play awful and hit some of the worst iron shots we've ever seen so i think some of that push-pull needs to be rectified for tiger if he's going to thrive in 2021 yeah no, that's that's well said i think you know
1: with a more normal um schedule in 2021 you know we'll have the pga in may he'll, and obviously the masters in april it's already you know inside 100 days he'll, he'll want to play his normal schedule he'll try to play tory he'll play his event at riviera i, I think getting into that routine um will have him prepared more i think uh, for the season so we'll certainly see
0: All right, uh, moving on to gambling, because um, Steve uh, spends a lot of time with Golf Digest uh, in the betting daily fantasy sports, fantasy sports um, uh, realm, and uh, he has a fantastic new article that's in the most recent Golf Digest and now is online online. Google or go to GolfDigest.com. But Google, legal gambling on pro golf has surged in recent years, and there's, and there's much more to come. That's the article. I highly recommend everybody read it. He is also the co-host of the Be Right podcast. So let's start here. Give folks the elevator pitch for what the Be Right podcast is.
1: Yeah, we, we started our Golf Digest, started our betting podcast this year, separated it out from the main Podcast, knowing how popular it has gotten on, you know, betting on golf. And, and so we've had this, um, this panel of experts that we do a weekly column, um, you know, predicting the week's tour events. We've been doing that since fall 2018 when it was, you know, legalized um, PASCA uh, legalization. And, you know, we, we have these experts, Pat Mayo from DraftKings, Brandon Gadul is from FanDuel. Uh, Rick Gaiman joined us this year. He has his own site, rickrungit.com. So we we have these experts, and we have a, a tour caddy who uh, reports anonymously each week from the tour event and gives us their picks. And, you know, so we've had these experts on our podcast each week. We have a different industry expert on each week. So it's, it's been great. We've gotten a lot of great guests, some of the most respected people in the industry and gotten their advice because you know me powers and Myers. you know we know a decent bit but we don't pretend to be experts necessarily so we we rely on the experts and you know ask them questions and try to arrive at uh, some good predictions for the for the week and you know we did a, a pretty good job in 2020 um it seemed like every week i was close to hitting there were a few weeks where i was out of the out of the money altogether, um, I hit I think five or six winners outright in 2020, which is you know, as anyone who tried to predict golf events knows that's that's pretty good. And um, but I do remember the the heartbreak the most, and we talked about uh, the Rocket Mortgage when Bryson won. Uh, Myers and I both had Matthew Wolf had 150 to one before that week, and he was the 54-hole leader and. Uh, you know, we both would have won over a grand if, uh, if Matt Wolf got it done. So you always remember the, the heartbreak more than the wins. But um, anyway, it's a lot of fun. People should go subscribe to Be Right wherever they get their podcast. And even though, like I said, we don't, you know, we don't pretend to be experts, we, we go to the experts for our opinions. And, uh, and we have fun, too. You know, we bust on each other because, you know, powers. I think he hit Bryson at the U.S. Open, which was remarkable because it's the first winner he had in golf since I think Kevin Sway at the 2018 Safeway Open. That's not a uh, I'm I'm not embellishing at all. that. literally his first winner. Wow. The week he I think he spent thousands of dollars. God bless him and his uh, new wife. You know, I'm thinking a lot of their new wedding money uh, on golf outright betting, but got a a decent bit back from u.s open he won a pool that i was involved in too so um anyway it's a lot of fun
0: just in case you folks want to know how dedicated these guys are to this podcast alex myers did the podcast while he was on paternity leave yeah (laughs) uh that may be a violation of labor rules but it does show (laughs) how dedicated he is to this
1: shows you how dedicated myers is you know you technically on paternity leave he never actually you know was off as i'm sure his wife was pretty disappointed about he's you know instead was talking golf gambling with a couple degenerates like powers and i uh yeah it's we're dedicated to the hostile estership
0: yes they are all right um steve hennessy's with us from golf digest you broke some news in this story um which i was not aware of um that you know everybody's been waiting for. What will the official PGA Tour betting thing be? What's the in-game betting thing? And you broke a story, and I'm gonna read exactly what it says. That that the PGA Tour and European Tour. This, by the way, seems like it's separate from this new PGA European Tour Alliance. Correct?
1: Yeah, this was yeah, it's totally separate before that announcement.
0: Okay are rolling out a new game with IMG Arena that will allow fans to place bets on players on par threes, including a live video feed overlaid with betting odds. It was set to be ready this past spring. COVID backed it up. They're now hoping to launch it early in 2021. What is this going to look like for the fan at home? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, you know, if you're in a state where betting is legal, you'll be able to go to your app, whatever betting operator, you know, is legal in your state, so you go to your phone, whether it's, you know, drafting FanDuel, Bet365, whatever it is, and these operators will have the opportunity to um, provide this game within the app, so you would go into, you know, Bet365, and, you know, during a tournament, while it's going on, you'll be able to bet on closest to the hole, uh, you know, who's most likely to make a birdie, all these different markets on two-part, three-holes per tournament, so... You know, it should be pretty awesome, I've seen it uh, like you said in the in the article we teased that, that this was planned to be uh, rolled out after the, the players and it's, it's just another example of the tour really embracing gambling they've, you know, really made leaps and bounds in the past couple of years and it speaks to you know, them just recognizing that this is really what the, the consumer wants you know, DFS so DraftKings and FanDuel fantasy golf has just exploded in the past three to four years, and at first the tour kind of, you know, wanted to keep it at arm's length. They weren't sure what to make of it, but um, you know, along with the NBA, along with these other sports leagues, the NFL, they've seen how much engagement it could create for their for their sport, and you know, so they're embracing it. And you know, this betting game is just the next. Example of it, you're going to continue to see, like on on telecast as we've started to see uh, in 2020. You know, you've seen odds uh, discussed on TV. Um, you know, you've seen on PGA Tour live the announcers talking about you know who would win a the matchup in the features group between three guys. So, you know, two years ago that would have been crazy to even think that the PGA Tour would allow that kind of a thing. So. Um, it's an exciting continuation of their strategy and uh, the the betting game should be cool I'm personally looking forward to it because you know I'm paying attention to the tour every day that it's on you know starting on Thursday so you know to have the opportunity to to bet on it uh, for hours on end pretty dangerous I I have to (laughs) say that Um, you know you might have to put a a restriction on the amount of money you're getting deposited but but if you're if you're a sharp person I mean it's kind of right up your alley if you really crunch the part three stats if you know how well certain players do on particular holes you can make some money and that's that's really how to do it
0: um real fast uh you said something in here which which I found uh slightly perplexing and I'm hoping you can um you can expand on it because one thing that you said in here is that you'll be able and I'm looking for where in the article it was I meant to uh, 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 highlight it and I forgot where it was but that but but basically the understanding that oh yes here it is Um, uh, no that's not it Uh, basically that I thought the tour was only going to allow you to bet on positive things. And it seems like this game will allow you to bet on if somebody will make a bogey. Is that, uh, is that the case or am I, uh, did I misunderstand what the tour was originally trying to do with this or
1: what's the deal there? There'll be a number of different markets available to operators. I think it depends what the operator depends to or decides to, um, showcase That That's not, typically a bet that you know a sports book would put out there whether someone makes a, a bogey or not but um you know through a matchup or through you know whoever's likely to make a, a birdie you, you could bet on something like that so i don't think it's uh i don't think it's with it's outside the realm of possibility that you know that could be offered
0: gotcha yeah because it in in that sense it, it it could be who's most likely to hit the green or closest to the hole and 17 at sawgrass that's essentially saying person versus person who's most likely to hit in the water i think that's how the tour can get around only positive bets which that technically is but also bring in that fact and and i found the paragraph um uh, uh, uh closer to the hole. Lowest score. Who makes birdie? Who makes uh, um, um? Who makes bogey, and so on. So, that's coming soon. How has this changed how you watch golf? In the sense of Ricky's struggles. Uh, uh, sorry, Ricky's swing changes. Jordan's mental struggles. Uh, we can go on down the line of golfers who are either doing great or doing horrible. And you love this game, and you love playing this game. More than probably watching or writing about it, and yet you've got money on the line, and you're seeing that somebody you thought might have a good week, um, you know, just made triple and is probably not going to get that W.
1: Yeah, I think it's changed how a lot of people watch the game. Um, You know, for me, I've been playing fantasy golf, gosh, going back, you know, into college, the old Yahoo game, so. You know, 07, um, maybe even before that, 05, 06, 07. So I've always watched golf, you know, with a little, um, you know, watching it with the added interest of rooting for or against somebody. Um, you know, and I'm probably a little atypical as, you know, I don't have a favorite golfers covering golf or golf sides. I, you know, I'm just rooting for the, the, the best stories, but now I'm rooting for my best. Also, so, you know, I, I think, like you said, it's, it's changed the engagement, you know, someone who necessarily wasn't a golf fan a couple of years ago, they've gotten into it because they played, you know, NFL DraftKings, and they saw, oh, you know, there's PGA Tour DraftKings, too, let me check that out, and then, you know, they invest in PGA Tour Live, they start watching, they, and they start betting on it, and they see, you know, how cool The PGA Tour is and how fun it is to follow, like you and I have, you know, known our whole lives. Um, That's that's what's really cool about how uh, the tour has embraced it and how it continues to grow. And this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg because, you know, it's only legal right now. You know, mobile betting is available in I think like 17 states. I think sports betting is legal in 23 states, and not even half of the country is on board with it yet so and we're seeing year, you know every year more states come on board so you know when the bigger states like florida and texas and california and those are huge golf states too that's where you know the bulk of golfers in this country and the bulk of pga tour fans too reside once you see that i think I think, you know, it could even grow even more. And DFS golf is available in those states, but the, the outright betting, I think, has the, has a huge potential to grow even more.
0: Oh, I can see a tripling of that $150 million handle from uh, 2019. Uh, you combine the impacts of the pandemic with the growth of golf in 2020 recreationally. I can definitely see that. Uh, uh, Steve Hennessy with us from Golf Digest. If you're interested in in that article, please, there's so much cool content, including what happens when somebody who actually wins the big pot wins the big pot. What do they do with it? What do they spend it on? It's an awesome story, which he has in there. All right. Two things to wrap up this podcast. Best golf course you played in 2020 and your breakout player in 2021.
1: Mm. Yeah, I always enjoy this question. The best course I have played for the year it lets uh, lets me kind of reflect on the year. And um, unfortunately, not a ton of trips in 2020, like a lot of golfers, uh, you know, had some plans canceled, etc. But I did. I was able to go to Pinehurst in November, which was uh, unbelievable. Uh, I had been before, but I was with. Three, three others, three, two buddies, and my brother, um, who had never been. So, you know, it's it's almost like taking someone to Augusta for the first time, and you know, seeing their reaction. All the history and um, you know the great courses. We played number two and number four. That was exceptional and stayed at Pinehurst. So, such a good trip. But I think my favorite golf moment in playing was uh, at Robert Trent Jones. Golf club in Virginia. On the way down, we did a road trip from New Jersey to, to Pinehurst, and uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Club is about about halfway down. So we stopped there and played, and they were gracious enough to have us there. And uh, you know, we're we're there. We're you know on the range, etc. You know, putting, and then on the on the first tee, the director of golf came up and he said, "Guys, we have 44." Uh, is going to be two groups behind you today, so we need you to play fast. And to me, I knew at Robert Trent Jones the, the history that has with the politicians. And, uh, you know, being close to Washington, D.C., there's a lot of people in, in government uh, who are members at Robert Trent Jones. Um, but the other guys in my group didn't realize that when the director of golf said 44, they meant President Obama. Uh, so Obama was two groups behind us. For our round, and that was really cool because we, you know, we got to see him for a lot of our round. Um, it was actually a little slow; the pace of play was a little slow, so you know we were waiting a decent bit, and that meant you know, while we were hitting shots, there were times when the former president was waiting on us, that, including a part three, one of the picturesque holes there. Um, it's the the tenth uh, looking down at. At the river, and um, you, know, you could see from the tee box the green very, very easily. So we could hear uh, the former president talking up on the tee. Uh, you know his voice kind of booming as we were putting out on the green, and I almost made this ridiculous 80 foot putt over the swale for birdie. As you know, he was talking. That, that was one of the coolest experiences I've had in golf. So um, Pinehurst was great, and Where we played on the way was was a a great experience.
0: Probably hard to miss him too because of uh, of the uh, Secret Service detail even out of office.
1: Yes, yeah, there was a golf cart um, with the Secret Service member who pulled up to our group pretty much on every hole. He was and Obama was two groups behind us, but yeah, I mean, you know, there was detail everywhere. Apparently uh, on the lake too, which which we missed. Um, so we were on our best behavior obviously I usually am on a golf course but with secret Service watching most of your shots and watching your behavior on a course even more so so that, that was very cool.
0: Can you imagine the stories the Secret service has you know golf wise like if there's a diehard golf fan in the Secret service the stories they must have are insane
1: yeah, especially you know guys like Obama and Trump who have Played a lot of golf. They're huge golfers, yeah. Um, and you know, apparently Biden's a, a pretty big golfer too. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they get to see a lot of a lot of things on the golf course that uh, you know that must make for great stories.
0: And and obviously, the post presidential secret detail, uh, Secret Service detail, got to see that famous Bush forty one uh, uh, Clinton uh uh Tom yep. Brady Jim Nance day which uh your golf digest colleague Jim Nance has talked about uh, m- uh uh many times and if folks haven't seen that google story it's 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 a sensational story about Tom Brady being clutch which is a jets fan I've unfortunately seen happen to me too much um did you get to meet the former president or was there like a gap large enough to where you just kind of kind of like leave in the secret service wouldn't let you hang around to
1: that? yeah home? we were never um you're right. The, the gap being the two groups behind us, we were never like on the same tee or green. The proximity wasn't enough to where you know we we could say anything. Um, I don't know that we necessarily would have. We didn't want to disturb him. He was there right. to you know enjoy around a round of golf. We you know in the locker room after we you know thought maybe if he came in to you know watch up, we might get a chance to just you know say hello and thanks for his service. But he he went right out into. Uh, you know his escort out of there because you know with COVID, I'm sure he's being extra careful like everyone yeah. is. So, um, but still, a cool, cool situation nonetheless.
0: Definitely a cool situation, and who knows, it could happen again. Um, I guess Obama's your breakout star for for uh, 2021.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently his golf game's gotten a lot of be- a lot better uh, out of office. Um, it's nice
0: when you have nothing else to worry about when you're on the golf course.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we saw him hit some good shots. Uh, breakout star for 2021. Um, I like Sung Jae I don't know if, if he's a breakout necessarily. He might have broken out already at the Masters, You know, making 24 birdies, uh, even more than DJ had at the Masters this year, the fourth most ever uh, in Masters history. Uh, that was an insane performance from Sung Jae I think it speaks to the level of golfer he is, and what we could expect from him on forward. So, I think he contends at a major again in 2021. I don't think that's so absurd and such a surprising thing to say. Uh, I I think Kiowa, the PGA at Kiowa, could be a good opportunity for him. We've seen him play well at coastal courses before. Uh, you know, he won at Honda this year. I, I think you know we're just seeing. I mean, he's a, a young guy. We're, we're just seeing the evolution of his game. And uh, so I think he's a breakout star to watch. I, I think an interesting thing is going to be, and everyone's talking about who, his Hovland, Matt Wolf, and Morikawa, kind of, you know, who does the next big thing. Uh, I think all three of them are going to. Matt Wolf, you know, was leading at Wingfoot, 54-hole leader, uh, final group with, with Bryson, um, you know, had some huge history on the line becoming – he had the chance to become the youngest winner since Francis. He met um, so, and Hovland won to end the year, and obviously Morikawa got his major. So, I, I think all three of them can continue to be a huge factor. So, um, man, I am pumped. We're just a week away. I know. We only had two weeks off. Uh, this is like the best off season ever because we had Tiger and Charlie at the PNC. You know, right before that, the, there's been you know only a couple weeks without golf, but I'm ready to get back into it
0: again. And what did Hovland say after he went to Puerto Rico? My chipping sucks or it's crap? I, I forget what he said, but imagine, I mean, he hit a great pitch shot in in route to winning at Mayakoba. Imagine what will happen when he gets his short game really in gear. I mean,
1: yeah. his, his stats, if, if you looked at it, and that was one of my best that I won this year was Hovland at uh, Mayakoba. That wasn't an aberration. His short game has gotten really strong, and it had turned the corner in you know, the six weeks leading up to Mayakoba. So, yeah, you know if, if he could, we know how good his, his iron game and his off the tee game has been at depth already, top 15, top 20 on tour. If his short game could stay at this level, um, he, he could contend in a major this year.
0: Uh, you can thank Pete Cowan for that um, winning bet. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, short game coach he hired um my best golf moment of 2020 or or, or sorry uh, uh best golf i played was at a muni uh an executive course with a buddy who got a renewed interest in golf in 2020 in twilight and just the way the sun was hitting the trees it was one of those special golf moments that for those that are not golfers listen to this you will not get what i'm saying but i know steve you know exactly what i'm talking about absolutely just uh, special moments in my breakout guy is scotty scheffler but the guy i want people to watch is daniel berger 13 in the world the forgotten guy he was the talk of the summer and then dj came along daniel berger's on a chip on his shoulder entering augustine in uh 2021 watch out for daniel berger
1: i like that yeah since he wasn't in the field at the 2020 masters i I think you're right he wants to prove to people he's among the best in the world and You said 13th in the world. That kind of speaks for itself. But uh, his game's at a point where he could absolutely win a major uh, this year. So I I like him and Scheffler. Scheffler is so good. Um, It wouldn't be surprising to see him, you know, make a Ryder Cup team this year. Uh, Hopefully, we have a Ryder Cup um, because that'll be special at Whistling Straits, and that that would kind of you know put a emphasis on what's going to be a great 2021. Um, golf wise, we got the potential Olympics in Japan. We got the Ryder Cup, the uh, four majors after this great stretch of majors to end 2020. So, amazing stretch of golf here coming up.
0: Steve Hennessy is the deputy managing editor of Golf Digest. He's also the co host of the Be Right podcast. He specializes in a lot of things, but including in that is fantasy. DFS and gambling, and check out that article in the most recent issue of Golf Digest and on golfdigest.com. Steve, as always, this is a pleasure. Happy holidays, happy new year, and thanks for coming on
1: Teeing It Up. Uh, Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me yet again, and uh, happy holidays. Talk
0: to you soon. You got it, and have a great day, everybody.